welcome to another episode of Deeper Pod. I'm your host, Brody Stuart Werner, and do I have a fantastic episode for you today? My guest is Alexandra Billings, acclaimed actress and trans rights activist, who has authored a new memoir called This Time for Me, and we are going to talk about that and more in a little bit. But before we get to that, what have I been up to over the past few months? My goodness. I recently started a new job, which I've been enjoying thoroughly, but it's sidetracked me from the podcast. There's so much nonsense going on in the world right now. Quite honestly, it was difficult to parse through when I was preparing for this episode. But I will touch on Roe versus Wade which is at risk of being overturned by the Supreme Court of the United States. I don't know the particulars of Roe, but what I can say is this. It was a landmark decision made in 1973 that expanded the rights of persons needing an abortion. It's terrifying that these rights may be rolled back by a Republican-majority Supreme Court, and this decision will have dire and ripple consequences for many people, including people here in Canada, who may need an abortion, and who may be thwarted by the right, which is alive and well here in Canada. There are people here in Canada also chomping at the bit to limit access to abortion for Canadians, and it it's scary. My thoughts on this are rather simple. Abortion access should be free and made easily available for people needing the procedure, period. As with other issues of significance, I don't care about religious views. Religious views do not supersede people's right to bodily autonomy and decision-making. So there, that's my take. I'm saddened for those who will be affected by this decision, and I stand in solidarity with them. And I will continue to do what I can to speak out about this. And I hope you do too. In the episode description, I will include the links of some organizations and folks who are doing important work on this front, both in the United States and in Canada, who you can support if you're interested. As I said a moment ago, I had the opportunity to catch up with the lovely, endearing Alexandra Billings. Alex is a groundbreaking actress and trans activist who I admire so very deeply. She has recently published a new memoir, entitled This Time For Me, co-written with Joanne Gordon, and it's available now. It's a beautiful story of resilience from somebody who has overcome all odds to become a huge success and inspiration to millions, including myself. We had some tech issues during our interview, so unfortunately, it's shorter than we had anticipated. But nevertheless, I hope you enjoy. Here you go. You're the author of the new memoir, This Time for Me, available on April 1st. How did this book come about? Yes. Okay. So the quarantine happened and my spouse came up to me and said, you really need to start your book because you're so sad and depressed. And I called Joanne Gordon, who I lovingly call my work wife. And I said, do you want to help me? And she was like, yeah. She said, and I said, I really don't know how to do this. And she said, well, you do. She said, you write on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter all the time. You write little essays. She goes, just do that. Just pretend you're doing that. 
and I will put it together. And that's exactly what happened. I just wrote. I would write one day about when I was five and then the next day when I was a hooker and then, you know, and she would put it all together in a cohesive fashion. Without her, the book would be nonsensical ramblings. She really, she really guided this book into a really beautiful shape. So you get candid about many struggles you've gone through. Was the book difficult to write at times? It was. I'm not going to lie. Yes, it was extremely difficult to write. It was very, very painful. And uh, even the funny parts, and hopefully there are many, but even the funny parts, uh, the fun parts and joyful parts, because I missed my friends. You know, most of those people are no longer here. It was difficult. It was, plus writing is difficult. It's just... It's just difficult. You're alone. Uh, you know, there's no other stimuli. You're, you know, it's a very lonely profession. So, yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, I wouldn't say it was pleasant. No. So I've seen some of your posts. We don't have to get into this, but it's something that's been on my mind lately. Why is it that J.K. Rowling is so transfixed by the existence of trans women. I understand that my partner and I have talked about this. We understand that Harry Potter is a beloved franchise, and I'm sure it's helped many people get through struggles. But what concerns me, of course, her comments are just deplorable. But when you look at her work, Harry Potter, if the author's espousing hate speech so blatantly against trans people, what other ideals are imbued into that work that might be more subtle or implicit? And that's kind of what it comes down to for me about J.K. Rowling. What do you make of the controversy surrounding um, the things that she's been saying? You know, to be perfectly honest with you, I mean, I, I, I don't know. You'd have to ask her why she's so obsessed with us. It seems that that whole far right wing conservative party has always been obsessed with us. And to be very clear and specific, they're mostly obsessed with trans women. It's misogyny, I, I assume. Anti-feminism. They, they can't. They think we're men uh, dressing up. Gender identity is, is a trigger for them. So they're highly triggered. I've been having these, you know, I'm 60. I'll be 60 in a week. So I've been having these conversations for 40 years. The exact conversations with the exact people. It's no different. Nothing has changed. Nothing has happened. It's just now we're, we're louder. So there's, they think there's more of us. There aren't. You know, it's like I always tell them, you've been playing sports with me for 40 years. I've played on women's volleyball teams and soccer teams and swam in, uh, on women's teams. And I've gone to the bathroom with you since I was a little kid. You've been doing this and nothing has happened. Everything's fine, really. So I think you'd really have to ask them. I, I don't know what the obsession is. Jealousy of freedom? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, you'd think they'd have better things to do. Yeah, no, totally. And that brings me to another question. How has LGBTQ acceptance changed in your lifetime? You just said you've been having some of these conversations for uh, for your entire life. Is America on the right track right now or is there still a long way to go? Well, I think it's on a better track. I don't know if it's on the right track. Who knows if that's true? Only time will tell that. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I was just talking to Chrisanne about this, my spouse, literally five minutes ago. It's why I was late. Somebody sent me a video of Renee Richards. Are you familiar with Renee Richards? You know who that is? So Renee Richards was the first trans woman to play professional tennis. She was very, very, very famous, probably next to Christine Jorgensen, most likely the most famous trans woman in the world, besides maybe Tula, but a very, very famous trans woman. There's a great story of her life uh, played by Vanessa Redgrave, 
which is sort of politically incorrect now and can be triggering, but it's a wonderful biopic if you want to look at it. It's a TV movie. And she's being interviewed by somebody. This is back in the late 50s, early 60s. And he says to her, now you realize there's a lot of people that think you playing against other women is unfair. And you can see in her eyes that she's been having this conversation already for a decade. Now, this is over 40 years ago that they were talking about trans women in women's sports. And this is a trans woman who is highly decorated. She was a powerful force in women's tennis. And she was still having to answer these ridiculous questions. And the great example she gave was this. She said, I just played against a woman whose name I can't remember, another uh, female tennis player, sis, who's six foot two, whose arms are so thick with muscle mass, they look like two of my thighs put together. She's bigger, she's faster, and she's stronger than me, period. And I just played her. I can show you a picture of her. She said, I'm five, you know, five, four. I'm a tiny person. I have little shoulders. I have little arms like me. I have very skinny little arms. So even though we're having the same, this is the answer to your question, even though we're having the same conversations and we are, even though they're the same people having the same questions and having the same problems, and they are, and even though I myself am personally at times exhausted and exasperated because if I have to defend children going to the bathroom one more day, I really think I'm gonna jump out the window, even though all of that's true. The gift is now the dialogue is being had by everyone, not just us. We're not the only ones talking is what I mean. Everyone's speaking about it. As much as you can hate it, you can hate me, you can despise what I stand for, you can hate my marriage, you can hate what I do, you can hate my singing, you can hate my book, you can hate, I don't care. It really doesn't matter to me how, how you feel about me. I don't care how you feel about me. It doesn't matter to me. That's inconsequential to my life and to my life force. The only thing I demand is respect and equality. The same thing is true for them. So even when they start speaking about how much they hate us, what they don't know is inadvertently they're creating more dialogue and that is good. No, you're absolutely right. And I'm, I'm 25 and I find even in my lifetime, uh, the dialogue around some of these issues has just changed more than I could have ever imagined. And I thank you because I think you're one of the voices who is leading some of these important conversations. And I'm sure it isn't easy to do. I've been in the comments of some of your posts and, and read some of the things that people write. And, and I'm sure it's, you know, not easy to be so public, but I, I do thank you for that. I appreciate that love. And you know, those comments that you read, you know, sometimes I try my best to answer them with compassion, but sometimes they need to just be told. <laughs> and what I mean is that sometimes they need to just be told, you're not allowed to speak that way. I'm not gonna explain why. And I'm also not here to hold your hand through any kind of portal of understanding of your own ignorance. That's not my job. I'm, I'm not your spouse and I'm not your parent. So you're gonna to have to figure this out. But in the meantime, you're out because you're not gonna spread that kind of hateful rhetoric in a space that I'm, I've created myself where there are children that are visiting me. It's not gonna happen. So sometimes I have to do that. How does it feel to you 
to be known for so many firsts. Is it a scary position to be in or is it something that you welcome or is it both? I don't think about that anymore. I used to. I used to get very, I used to hold on tightly to numbers. I don't do that anymore. You know, first, second, and third, it's 65th and 67th. That's for other people to decide. You know, I'm doing the best I can with what I know and I'm trying the best way I know how without giving up too much of my own spiritual life to create safe spaces for trans people and all marginalized people, but mainly trans people, especially trans youth. Whether I'm the first to do that or the 95th is inconsequential to the fact that it gets done. When you reflect on your career now um, and think back 20, 30 years ago, did you anticipate that your career would be at this position now, um, you know, starring in, you know, major television shows and and projects? Oh, no. Oh, God, no. Are you kidding? Oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> this is this is a complete surprise to me. I'm shocked every day of my life. I really am. I'm filled with such an enormous amount of gratefulness. But I I can't believe I can't believe I've been on Broadway. I can't I can't believe it. I really can't believe it. And and even now when things come at me and you know I get offers to do this and that and the other, I'm flabbergasted. I'm uh, I'm going to use a word that was one of my mother's favorite words. I'm gobsmacked. <laughs> and I know I read that you dedicated your book to your wife, Chrisanne. One of my last questions for you is about Chrisanne. What does your relationship with her mean to you? What does it mean to me? Um, well, I can tell you what it does for me. It it keeps me both on the ground and up in the universe. It has been a it's a, it's the only relationship that I've had for this long of of, uh, of time in my life that I can count on no matter what, no matter what, no matter what's happening. I have, there is absolute clarity in my mind that I am loved fully and taken care of constantly. So it's the safest place I have. It's home, it's home, no matter what happens. We could lose absolutely everything and we have. Literally, we have been on food stamps. When we were married the first time, we were on food stamps. I had shingles and I was very close to death. We have been through, we have lost absolutely everything. And that has never changed. So it keeps me present. I love that. And I don't, we're at 15 minutes, we're about 6.30. So I'm so afraid every second of this interview that I'm going to lose you. So I feel like this may be, uh, a good time to let you go. Um, I want to thank you for your time. You're a trailblazer. You're an icon. And I and I want everybody to pre-order your book. I was lucky enough to get a copy a few months ago. It's, uh, it's called This Time For Me. And it's available April 1st, I do believe. Yay! Thank you, my friend. Thank you for your kind and beautiful words, Brody. <laughs> There you have it, folks. That was my interview with the iconic. There you have it, folks. That was my interview with the iconic Alexandra Billings. 
Her book, This Time for Me, is available where is available wherever you get your books, and I will include a link below. And I will include a link below. It's a delightful read, and I highly recommend it. And if you're not following Alex, and if you're not following Alex on social media, do yourself a favor and click follow right now on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. She posts some amazing content, and you should get on that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, folks. And I will see you all later. Hopefully not as long as it took me to get this episode out. But but I will be back. Hopefully not as long. There you have it, folks. That was my interview with Alexandra Billings. There you have it, folks. There you have it, folks. That's all I have for you today. There you have it, folks. That's all I have for you today. And I will see you all later. My next guest is the iconic Melissa Gilbert, who also has a new book out, and we will be talking about that very soon. So I hope you'll join me then. Until next time, be well. I'm Brody Stewart Werner. Mm-hmm.